one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. You may remember a few weeks ago we were very kindly sponsored by Coin Corner, who make the world of buying and selling Bitcoin easier than ever. However, as I introduced Coin Corner and tried to explain a little bit about Bitcoin, I said that Elon Musk would even let you buy a Tesla using Bitcoin. Then a few hours before that episode went live, Elon Musk came out and said, you can no longer buy a Tesla using Bitcoin. And I looked a bit silly. Luckily, Coin Corner are pretty lighthearted about these things. And they realise they can't control the price of Bitcoin before any sponsorship goes live. And they very kindly offered to sponsor a number of future episodes of this podcast. So we're very grateful to have them on board. If all this chat about Bitcoin's got you intrigued, if you noticed the comment section of that episode going crazy with people talking about the pros and the cons of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, head over to coincorner.com forward slash STG. Well, not only can you sign up and start trading Bitcoin, but you can also find out a lot more. There's some amazing information on there so you can read up about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and decide if you want to get involved. If you do, as I say, coincorner.com forward slash STG or use my code STG when you sign up. And that way you'll get some sats, which are basically very small units of a Bitcoin. I got into the Bitcoin game late. I couldn't afford to buy a whole Bitcoin. So I own sats, just small units. And that's what you'll get for free when you sign up using that code STG or my link coincorner.com forward slash STG. So yes, thanks to them for ignoring my slight mess up a few weeks ago and willing to come back and sponsor future episodes. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, Each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, cars, cars. <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You're back. <laughs> Hello! I really don't want to say this, but thank God. (laughs) Like, hey, last week did an amazing episode with Richard Groves. Super fascinating guy. Loved our chat, but really depressingly, really disappointingly, I missed you. Oh, that's nice. It's Thanks, not. I, I hate myself for <laughs> missing you. I was like, why am I sitting here going, I wish Tony was here to get involved in this chat because you, you might have missed the episode. It was a modern classic special. Well, I've been I've been a little bit busy, but I did I did dip in, but I just haven't had time to... 
I no. will go over it, but you would have been frothing at the mouth with some of the topics that really? we, yeah, some of the things that we said. Like I was thinking, going, oh god, actually, thank God Tony's not here. As much as I kind of <laughs> wish he was, thank God he's not. But yes, for those of you that have maybe missed the last few episodes, uh, Tony was away last week in Scotland. We're going to ask him all about that very, very soon. Um, but it meant that he wasn't here for the first time in a long time. I think actually, last week's episode was the first time you've missed one for eighteen months or something. Yeah, and and it's just it. Something very special happened. I'm going to bring this up. Go on. Something very special happened to you the week before. You got married. I got married. So, yes. <laughs> um, from a, from a personal perspective, we're very proud of you. Thank you. It was. It's such a nice moment when one of your good pals gets married because it's like it's really odd. It's like they're safe now. Like <laughs> they found their 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 purpose in life. And Vicky's such a lovely girl and perfect couple it was a beautiful day and we're all proud of you mate as that's you know. very kind of you and to say i i, I would agree I mean, it's the weirdest feeling of relief like yeah. I, I don't know what it is like the minute the ring goes on your hand and you've had that amazing day with friends and family and things like that i just i just like oh, i don't have to worry about so, well i mean there's still things to worry about in life but yes yeah, so i agree with what I'm saying thank you very much tony was there lots of people were saying were you the best man <laughs> He definitely was not. No. One, if, if Tony had to do the best man speech, firstly, my mum would have needed a translator. Um, but, but secondly, I mean, that would have just ruined the entire day. I would so, have completely uh, fit. And, and to be fair, his best friend, Rob, done an amazing job. He was obviously really nervous. So nervous. Which is him. so odd as well, because like when you think like, he's obviously been your best pal for forever and he knew everyone in the room, but... It's daunting. Like, I mean, I've never been a best man because no one's the best. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not anyone's best man. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like just before we'd done it, I went over there. I said, if you flap, just go in on everyone. And it's not <laughs> the Which you were doing anyway. Tony was just walking around. You, My poor sister, She's I think at some so point you funny. were like, can you take the batteries out yet? Because <laughs> she has so much energy, my sister. I think you were like, how do we unplug her? She's so funny. <laughs> She's like, She's like, a turned up version of me, oh but in a God. woman. She's like hilarious. She like, does. She I, goes I, to 13. I love her. Yeah, yeah she's she was great. Brilliant. What you missed though is the following day, because the day after the wedding, I went back to my parents just to have a sort of relaxed drink and lunch. I had to go back to work, yeah. My aunt turned up in a, in a golf E. So, <laughs> her son, obviously. Yes, of course, my cousin. Who's a very nice chap as yeah, well. of course. Really like proper lad. I spent quite a lot of time talking to him as well. Yeah, he's and, a his, hero. and his wife. Yeah. Very yeah. nice couple. And uh, <laughs> he said, You wait till my mum comes, the electric car. He said, Will you go in or not? I said, right, I am. I'll she go. honestly was she was so disappointed you weren't there because oh. she knew. She was like, I'm bringing an electric car. Will Tony be okay with that? And she had to tell him, she had to say to my dad, Where can I plug it in? Which, I mean, he did not take that well. And then I think he's invoiced her for the charge. You're joking. That is very much no. my dad thinks. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It was a good point that I started to think of, right? If you're a guest somewhere and you're driving to your friend's or family's house in an EV and you ask to plug in and charge, what's the etiquette there? Because it's like going to your friend's house and saying, um, can you give me 20 quid for the petrol? It cost me to get here. Yeah. And and while we're on the subject of electric cars, um, obviously I've been to Scotland, which we'll talk yes, about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I finished Scotland on Friday and drove to Wales um, see a couple of pals and one of them bring the Taycan the oh, yes. Taycan 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 yeah, uh, anyway whatever. so <laughs> he drove the weekend in that 
And I thought, oh, I cannot wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> See you in three hours when you're done charging, matey yeah. boy. So he's obviously, he's come from, he's from Leicestershire, so he's driven to Wales on, on the charge. He charged it at home. He needed to charge to do the drive the next morning. So the hotel we were staying at didn't have any charge. Okay. So he had to drive 10 miles up the road to a Morrison's. So he left the car there. Come back, watch the football. Then had to go back and get the car when it's charged. Which how is, is he doing those journeys? Someone giving him a lift. Someone's giving him a so lift. So if you haven't got a lift, you have got to sit, mate. Uh, miss the football. Yeah, you're gonna miss the football. Yeah, yeah. So which is a disaster. <laughs> so, so then, then we go. Then obviously the next morning we go out. Well, we was fairly steady because the traffic was really heavy because of staycation and whatnot in Wales. So anyway, he's done. Managed to do the the day. We get to the next hotel. No charger again. This is where the problem starts. Okay. So, he goes to... He, he he makes things up as well. I can't really understand. He didn't want to tell me the full story. Oh, I was going to say, because that's going to be my question, but go on, keep, he, keep going. He said to me that it was all nice and straightforward, but... <laughs> he was missing for four and a half hours. <laughs> uh, nearly. Yeah. No joke. So, really? he, he left. He'd gone about 45 minutes. Come back. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, my son had to get some fuel. And we stopped a couple of times and blah, 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 blah. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't challenge him too much. Sure. And then and then 45 minutes in, looked at his app. Car stopped charging. Oh. I said, what? He said, he stopped charging. Uh, must have a cutoff point on the charger, which is the thing, apparently. I didn't even know. I wouldn't know. How would I know? No I, idea. I haven't got it. Sure. So, <laughs> so he goes back. 45 minutes later. He comes back. He says he got lost. They got lost. Of course they did. How'd you get lost? Got lost. Apparently. <laughs> What's wrong with Satnav? Got lost. Uh, okay, I let it go. I didn't say yeah, sure, anything. Sure, I sure, sure, sure. I think because we completely conflict opinions. He loves them. I don't. I'm winning, by the way. <laughs> In your mind. Go In my on. mind. Yeah, yeah. So then he comes back again yeah. without the car. <laughs> Still there. In some car park, I don't even know where it was. In a sure, station he found somewhere was. and dumped it yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. He then he then eventually goes back at half past ten at night to go and get it. I don't even know what time he got because I've gone to bed. Next morning, obviously, it's charged. We do the route, do the route on the Sunday. This is the best bit. We get to we finish at Telford service station. Sure. After doing one hundred and fifty miles, which the car done to be fair, and and to be fair to the car. It was fairly brisk driving on the Sunday. If I'm going to be honest, give the car a bit of credit. It was fairly brisk driving. I was in a 911 Turbo S and I had done just over half a tank of fuel. So it was fairly you brisk driving. You were making a move, yeah. Yeah. So he gets to Telford. Uh, he goes round the back to find the charger. <laughs> <laughs> I pull up, I fill up. Yeah. Four, five minutes at best. Sure. I'm driving Got yourself around. a Twix or a Kit Kat or something? Yeah, yeah. Goes around. Now, he was very, very, very lucky, but this is one of the points I want to make. He just pulled in to the charger. There was a hybrid car on one. There was two, only two chargers. Okay. He pulls in, in the in the Taycan, and literally behind him, had he been 30 seconds later, a Jaguar... I-Pace. I-Pace pulls in behind him. Okay. So, the Jaguar I... I'm finished. I'm gone. Sure, bye, yeah. Bye See bye you later, guys. Yeah, he's yeah, plugging yeah. in. He's got to wait half an hour now for his job. He says, fine, I'll have a coffee. And no problem. I don't need a coffee. <laughs> I've had a coffee 40 minutes ago. I don't want another one. I'm going now. See ya. So, but if he's 30 seconds later, he sits there for an hour. Yeah. I'm yeah. halfway home. 
as long as the iPace can charge that quickly, doesn't have any connection issues, and or the charger doesn't time out or lock him oh, out. What was that thing? Forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just, he said it just must have a cutout. Must have a forty-five minute cutout. So he's had to go back. Oh, so the weekend was relatively smooth, but it's a huge faff from what I saw then, and and I'm glad he brought it because it gave me a little bit more insight. Of course, or we're always keen to learn. Of course, and that's and that's what it gave me. It gave me a bit. Well, actually, do you know what? And I saw another problem as well God. when we was at Telford, which actually will be a problem, by the way, because there's some not very nice people in this world. Oh, in in the two bays, there was a hybrid car that doesn't need charging. It's because it's got a petrol engine. Sure. But the bloke was insistent. It was a KN. Insistent. I hope he doesn't watch. <laughs> it probably does. I saw. Well, yeah. He was insistent on charging, which is fair because he's there and yeah, he's allowed. Um, but there's some nasty people. When when this starts gaining some proper ground, what's stopping people saying, get your car off? Threatening behaviour. Get your car off. I'm charging my car. Mate, that's what happened. Yeah, I yeah, mean... Yeah. Some old people or... See, you're much more familiar with the uh, much grittier side of life than of I Of course. Because usually when I turn up on a petrol station, they say, sir, unleaded or premium unleaded? <laughs> so yeah. fill it up, Jeeves, oh, I'll soon. do it for you, sir. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I have to fill it up myself now. But, but, but what I mean is, I see where you're coming from, but how often, and actually I can answer this myself, do you fill up at a petrol station and someone pulls up behind you and goes, get off that pump, mate, I need to fill up. It, it doesn't really happen. It has happened to me once in America, to be fair. But... <clears throat> There's a time difference. <clears throat> there is a time difference. And yes, this is our whole point. Don't choke to death. This is our, <laughs> have a drink. This is our whole point is obviously, yeah, the time and the amount of bays that are available, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But still, you would hope, and maybe there is very little hope remaining in this world, humanity is not that brutal. I'm sure there will be circumstances. There'll there be, will be. There'll be horrific circumstances. You'll hear of all these different kinds of things. Yeah. You know, people... I was going to say pulling cars out of bays, but they'd have to be very strong to do that. Yeah. But I'd say it's the ongoing debate and questions that we have around this whole infrastructure. But as I say, I read a stat somewhere, someone told me a stat that most people are still charging at home, right? Most EVs are charging at home. And that's why it brought up this question to me. Of, as we go and visit our friends, as we try and make these journeys in EVs and then think, oh, I'll get that. I'll just charge at my mate's house. It is a weird question because we now know it's not cheap, especially at home charging. Mm. If you haven't got a sort of rapid charge point, you're just plugging into a main socket. That's expensive. That's a bit of money right there. For sure. And and so how does that work, especially for someone, you know, lower income or people who, you know, are struggling to make their electricity electricity bills anyway. Then your mate turns up in an EV car and sends your bills through the roof. What do you do? So can you pay for my electricity? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Complicated. Yeah. And, and when you go down to that end of the market as well, where... And it's not a very nice thing to say, but not everyone can afford a hundred grand car or an eighty grand car. What about the people that that have only got five grand to spend on a car, and it's the last five grand they've got? They're not going to get an electric car. No, but that will change. That that I think definitely will change. There, electric cars will have to become more affordable, and they will become more affordable. And I think inner city and things like that, things like the Twizy, will evolve. There's that new Citroen little box. Like there will be cheap, affordable, inner city EVs. And then for the long journeys, it's all going to be rentals. Everyone will be living like Zipcar and they'll yeah. be low. So, so that will figure its way out. But to add to our infrastructure complaints, questions, whatever it might be, is now the, how does the cost work if you're charging at your mate's house? Yeah. What's, you know, what's that sort of side and of thing? I'll tell you another thing. 
had I been in an electric car the miles that I've done this week and where I've been, and what You'd else? still be on the road now. I'd still, I'd still <laughs> be charging somewhere. And as well, you know what else my pal said as well? Is that he gets less range in the winter by about 30 miles. Oh, temperature makes a huge difference. And if he's got the air con on, he can only have it um, a certain temperature, otherwise it drains the battery. I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I said, what? <laughs> and then he I said, mean- yeah, yeah. We, we're going around in circles because we have been there and done this quite a few times. We just know it's just it's early adopter stage. Yeah. But for some reason, the rest of the world is trying to tell us that now is the time to to to, to jump on board with the EV. No chance. But but it's it's anyway. So let's let's talk about petrol powered cars or combustion Good. engine cars <laughs> at least uh, because yes, you mentioned Turbo S in Scotland. So firstly, why are you in Scotland and why did you take a Turbo S? So uh, I went to Scotland with supercar driver. Obviously, it was their annual Tartan Florio drive that they do. Bit late, normally. It's normally eight. Hashtag time. COVID. Hashtag COVID. We've been a couple of times before. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have gone, only that I'd planned to go to Portugal, and that got called off because I didn't want to isolate. So I jumped on that instead. Um, I'd sold the AMG GTR Pro, <laughs> which I said that if someone else... Just, I, I can't. <laughs> I actually can't. <laughs> when I told you, you went, I cannot keep up. What uh, are you doing? So for those of you that may have missed recent episodes or this narrative at least, at uh, some point, I, I lose track when Tony started banging on about the fact he wanted an AMG GTR Pro. He then bought one. He then sold it. He then regretted <laughs> selling it. He then bought the exact same car back, which he's now sold. Yeah. I've now sold it again, and which I did say that that if someone had offered me the right amount of money, I will sell it, obviously, and someone did, so I sold it again. <laughs> Congrats, and, um, I the this nine nine two Turbo S come up, um, which will be on the website next week, by the way. Okay, <laughs> scale up for sale. Future stock. Don't, don't want it. I literally bought it for the trip. Okay, so um, because I wanted to try one out, loads of hype about them. I have driven one, but not for very long, and I thought, you know what, that that will be. If I think it's as good as it turned out to be, it'll be a perfect car to drive up to Scotland to do a trip, drive back down, pop into Wales, come home. So you have had turbosses before, because I remember borrowing a 991 from you, and then you bought a 991.2 down to a trip to Monaco once. That's right. Yeah. So, so you've, you, you've, you've had these I've cars. I've had all of them, mate. You've had all of them. Okay, yeah, nice. Yeah, okay, yeah. so how did this one compare? And you say you thought it would be the perfect trip, the perfect car for this trip. Talk me through all the benefits. Cause I, I think I have an idea of that car, but I've only spent a day day with one. So. Yeah, so the first day was fairly numb. Mm. As in, I drove it 400 odd miles up to Scotland. I on the motorway. On the motorway. I basically picked it up on the Friday evening. On the Sunday morning, I drives up to Scotland. So I hadn't really driven it. I, didn't, I couldn't really tell you too much about it. Um, so I drives up, beautiful car, lovely stereo, all the bits and pieces on it. Drove it up in comfort, um, no real noise, um, no problems. Doing just twenty odds to the gallon. A car, perfect. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Just a very fast car. I get to Scotland after pulling out all my luggage, by the way, which was I couldn't have took anything else because I had loads of luggage. <laughs> which is odd because I pack shirts. I was saying, what do you take with you? Three pairs of shoes. I end up wearing. How many one. Balenciaga t-shirts? Two, which I left at the hotel. One no, time. you did not. So at the, when it was right at the top of Scotland in the Highlands, right at the top, as far as you can go, we drove away. We get that someone's talking about clothes or something, and, and it just 
twigged in my head that I'd left all my clothes hanging up in the wardrobe. <laughs> right in the oh top of Scott. God. So I had to get a courier to drive him down yeah, to the next hotel. Yeah, you don't want to lose that Balenciaga t-shirt. No. And, no. and a couple of the lads were laughing and said, well, it's going to be 100 odd quid to get him. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I am not leaving them clothes up there. <laughs> They're a few quid. They're coming back down. And they have a sentimental value, by the way. Cars well. are worth more than the, the clothes are worth more than the car you're <laughs> driving. <laughs> so, um, so that was that. So that's another story. Anyway. Yeah, sure. Anyway, he drives up. Monday morning, he goes out. Uh, it was dry at first. Started to get a bit wet. Um, the uh, Initially... I thought, oh, is it is it is it a bit boring this car? And then I put it in sport mode, manual, because that's how I drive it when I'm on these trips. And then I started to get it. Okay. The steering's a lot more like a GT car. It's um when the faster you drive it, within the legal limits, by the way, the 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 more it becomes like I, I was getting it more and more. The and more, more alive it became. The more alive it become. The four wheel steering, the brakes are like you've hit a wall. I know I say that about a lot of cars, but they are unbelievable. The brakes, and what done me was when it started to rain. So it's got this clever system on it where it's either got microphones or sensors in the wheel arches, and it tells the car that it's going to rain, and you, you it tells you to put it into wet mode. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So now you've got like a wet mode on a Manatino yeah, yeah, in the Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. It, the car actually says, rain in, put it wow. into wet mode. So you put it in a wet mode, and honestly, mate, I'm not exaggerating, you can drive it in the wet like you dro- drive it in the dry. Wow. You just, you you can punt out of a corner, completely bury your foot. It just goes. And it just sods off. Unbelievable. I, I, I could not, get, and I kept doing it, I think in flipping hell. And, the only car that I've ever had or ever driven that I could kind of relate was actually the Purple Manti. Oh, that really? Was very, very good in the wet. And, and we had a couple of Purple Mantis on the trip and one of the lads, he can drive as well. And he said, I just cannot believe how quick, in the wet and the dry, you get out of corners in that car. Wow. He says, because um, there's no noise. Sure. Behind yeah, 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 of course. Filters, but also turbo. Yeah, and he, and he just says, all... It, my only my only viewpoint is of the car. And he said, the only way I know that you've put your foot down is that the car squats. That's so cool, though. And he said, it just sods off. It's, it, said, it's like the Bugattis. Yeah. Because they don't make a lot of noise either. With no tune to the exhaust, same thing. But they just suddenly just gone. You're like, oh, where did that go? Yeah. Wow. So every, everyone on the trip was saying, like, we cannot compute how fast it goes around the corners. It's unbelievably good. Well, this is quite exciting. We're doing an ad or promotion for our own events. Are we? Yes, we are, Tony. So, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we are very pleased to officially announce our behind-the-glass live events that will be happening throughout the summer this year. Now, of course, here in the UK, still quite a lot of COVID restrictions in place. We're bored of it, Tony, aren't we? Oh, so It just keeps on going. But we're going to try and fight through and find ways to meet lots of you. That's our hope and our aim. Had your vaccine, yeah? I have had one dose. Me too. My second dose is hopefully going to be soon. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, here at STG HQ, we're going to be doing four live podcast events on Sunday the 4th of July, Sunday the 
5th of July. I'm now checking the dates frantically on my laptop because I always forget them. Yeah, Sunday the 25th of July, Sunday the 5th of September, and Sunday the 12th of September. So once more, Sunday the 4th of July, Sunday 25th of July, Sunday 4th of September, 5th of September. Oh my God, I'm getting this so wrong. And Sunday 12th of September. They're all Sunday. They're all Sundays, (laughs) and they're in July and September. To find out more, Head over to my website, seenthroughglass.com, to the events section. You'll be able to find out what those dates are because I feel like I've got them wrong over and over again. We are limited on numbers because of COVID and because of the restrictions in place. Numbers are very small and patrons have already had access to these tickets for a few weeks. So I think that's all I need to say, right? Well, the, fir- the first one, there won't be many left, I wouldn't have thought. No, because um, we are very strict on numbers in the first one. It's still within, uh, yeah, and hopefully the, the next three or four we'll be able to open to more tickets, to which point more people can come. We'll increase the amount of tickets available as and when restrictions allow us to do so. But anyway, go and check it out. We'd love to see as many of you there as possible. These are our sort of tester events to hopefully then do more in the future. Yeah. But then we're we're coming to Europe. Then we're coming to Europe. (laughs) Don't reveal our master plan. But anyway, there we go. Look at that. We've done an ad for our own event. Unbelievable. That's so cool. Right, shall we roll the episode? Yeah, let's go. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I know you bought it for a purpose and therefore the purpose is complete but you didn't think maybe I'll keep hold of this no because listen 
I've got my I've got my car that I want, my personal car. That's enough for me. Okay. Like I said, because of the job that I do, I can jump in and out of cars. There's nothing stopping me doing that. It was a great car, fantastic car, great for that trip. That's it. Ton. And do you know what? Now I know that that might be my go-to car, like the AMG and the GTR and the Pro was for a while. I've had a few of them, and if I want a car, I know what it can do now. So well, if you can get hold of them. Just buy another one. If you can get hold of one. Well, there's always one knocking about. If you lose a bit of money on it, if you want one that bad, they're you just are, pay the money. They're a lot of money, though. They are a lot of money. I yeah. saw a really nice Aventurine, Aventurine, green one with a tan interior right up my street. But, honestly, mate, people think they're expensive, and they are expensive, but when you look at the competitor, it's cheaper. On on the road, I don't think... Porsche call it a sports car. I don't even call mm. it a supercar. It's not. It's a, it's a super GT. It's unreal how fast it is. So let's use this to segue into a, an article I want to talk about, which you actually you messaged me about, which was the Roma DB11 uh, Bentley Continental GT 911 Turbo comparison that Top Gear did. Correct. And the article went live, and there's now been a video that falls up, which I think doesn't have the 911 in it for some weird reason, the, the video. Um, but a super interesting comparison, because four ways of going about luxury continental touring uh, four very different ways to go about yeah. luxury continental touring. Um, and I've always used the Bentley as a sort of pinnacle, as a sort of, that's my point. Like, I, I would judge everything based on that Bentley because in my mind, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to waft up to so, Scotland, better than all of them for sure. But when you start getting on the Titan Twisties, yes, it's capable, but it's definitely not dynamic. No way. It's just capable. Yeah. It's still huge and heavy and it's still about sort of, you know, wafting along. The Roma I fell in love with and said, this is a, Ferrari Continental GT. It's the least Ferrari I've driven recently, but I really enjoy it and really like it. More nimble than the... Way more nimble, yeah. but but very sort of soft and lethargic in comparison to a lot of other Ferraris. Uh, DB11, I was surprised was in there because, God, that car's old. But I've always liked, been very nice. And then 911 Turbo. Was it the Turbo S they used for the comparison or the Turbo? No, I, 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 I think, think it was, it was the, the Turbo. Tur I think it was the Turbo yeah. too. But a completely different way of going about it, because if you think about it, whilst Turbo is always very capable... It is a lot more dynamic. It's the most dynamic of all of them, theoretically, on, yeah. on paper. Yeah. Um, but would it sort of compete in terms of comfort and capabilities? From my skim read, I thought the Bentley was still the winner. Is that how you understood that article as well? No, I thought overall they give it to the Porsche. Overall, ah, okay. Okay. I think they... Because I had done the same as you. I had a quick read. And, and I think overall, I think they said for luxury purposes, I think the Bentley would win, but we kind of know that bit. For driving to Saint-Tropez. Correct. But for the all-round, that, that you cannot beat that 911. I mean, we know how good Porsche makes sports cars, and, and in general, they're the best at it. The 911 is the best in it, at what it is, and the Turbo S is just a turned-up version. And as well, we've said this a few times before about why would you spend all that money on a Turbo S when for 70 or 80 grand left you can just buy a Carrera S? There is absolutely no way that Carrera S would have got anywhere near me in Scotland. No chance. That Turbo S is another level of car, but what that 992 chassis development and everything has enabled it to do is gain this kind of comfort road, not road worthy is the wrong word, but it, it's just sort of grown up a bit. It's a very complete car now. And I said it when I first drove 992 Carrera S, it's gone very GT. It's sort of stepped away from sports car in my mind. It's just so big and comfy and luxurious and all the tech and everything like that. However, the moment I drove Turbo S, and I've, driven, I've only driven the Cabriolet 
version, I was like, oh wow, there's the sports car. Yeah. Because yeah. it is nuts. And it sounds good, I thought, from the inside. So when you undo the window as well, and you got it in sports mode, like you can, do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of um, like an everyday GT2 car. <laughs> okay, Essentially, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the noise was it's similar. Similar yeah, noise because yeah. it's the turbocharged car. And I just thought, and there was a GT2 Manti on the trip. Wow. That is obviously mega on a nice flat bit of road. And when you sit behind it, it was completely flat. Unbelievable. Around the corners. But when you started getting it on the bumpy side, I was going to say, did it come back with a front splitter? Or was, that must have been did, gone. He started it? obviously taking it easy. And obviously in the rain, it was in, on cup R's as well, which oh was a nightmare. Yeah. Turbo S just like completely unfazed in any scenario. It, it is, it's always a desirable car. It's the Turbo S, the pinnacle of Porsche's road, non-GT road cars, right? We would say. But at the same time, it's for me always been one of those cars. I'm like, I really admire it, but I think I'd ever have one. Mm. And definitely at 200 grand, I personally would still go Roma or Bentley. Yeah. Well, they're not quite 200 grand. They're like um, 180-ish as a mm. used car as well. Okay. So they're still, they're still around list or a bit more list. Not a lot more, but they're a little bit more over list than with, but you can't get them. You can't get them. A yeah. year, 18 month wait for them, you can't get them. But honestly, mate, like if you can pair it to them other cars as well, Maybe not the DB11. I don't think that should be in there. That no, it's weird. Uh, why not the DBS as well? Yeah, that's the car that should have been yeah, in there, Yeah, weird the comparison anyway. But if you compare the Turbo S to them, if you throw the DBS in instead of the DB11, um, the Porsche is some 50 grand cheaper than... Mm. the. It's unreal. As all Porsches are. They always yeah. are. And what, what done me more than anything is that the, the previous generations were always really really soulless on the steering mm. but it wasn't quite like a gt car but it was somewhere in between Amazing. like when you when you turn the wheel like you you could feel something as opposed to just yeah, yeah. nothing's just really happening numb deadness yeah very cool i would like to have another go in one i think because as i say i only drove the cabriolet for a day and i did like it but i just sort of walked away going like yeah it's just it's really good it's really quick it's really mm. good and um however there is a porsche that I think I might like instead of it. <laughs> because whilst you were away, uh, finally, finally had confirmation of the new GT3 touring package yeah. or touring specification, I think they're calling it, which is essentially a GT3 without a wing um, because now it's available both manual and PDK um, and you can have body-coloured front lip. <laughs> it was like the only real difference. Um, now, interestingly... Because of all the sort of road reviews of the standard GT3, the new standard GT3, a lot of people were saying it's quite harsh. It's a very firm car. It felt more like a sort of race car on the road. And, you know, was that going to be a bit too brutal for some people? So I'm wondering if the touring is, is going to be the same, where actually, you know, it's supposed to be the sort of ultimate road version of the GT3. Maybe it's still going to be a little bit stiff, a little bit full on. And the previous generation, as we know, that manual GT3 touring 991.2, some of the ultimate road car, but maybe this new one's going to be a bit too focused, a bit too honed in. Well, you can have it in PDK. Uh, which is, I mean, then it's so quick. I think that's the wrong decision in a PDK because at least in a manual, you can control the speed a little bit more, if that makes sense. I think if you're going to have a touring, buy a manual. Agreed. If, you're, if, if you want a PDK, just have a GT3 because... We always say, even 500 horsepower in a manual, I think is too fast. Um, when we was in Wales, we had a Boxster Spider. Nice. 
perfect. 400 Dreamy. wheels per... More than fast enough for the road. We, we've said this so many times. And that, even the touring in a manual, um, is probably a little bit too fast for the road, but at least you can manage it being in a manual. In a PDK, it's all so easy and probably too fast, to which point you might as well have a GT3 that's got a wing on because that's really what it's for. And there's a UK-delivered car, uh, a PTS, a paint to sample orange car delivered to the UK now. The owner, in about, he says in about 20 seconds, maybe more likely 20 minutes, took the rear wing off. I've and seen it's that. A, I've it, seen yeah, that it's a Ducktail 992 GT3. So you've got a toy. I mean, you literally have, because there's so, there's now no changes apart from a body-coloured front lip and the fact you can have it, PD, there, there's your PDK touring. So mm. I'm with you. I think the only real benefit, the problem being that you can have a manual GT3 as well. It, yeah. They're just selling to the masses. Yeah, well, what they do, Porsche, as well, is that they always listen to their customers and really what their customers want, they'll make, basically, which is what they do. So um, as well, they're not, from what I know, they won't make a load of tourings and a load of GT3s. When you go to, you invited, unfortunately, to buy your GT3, you can have a touring, a GT3, a manual or a PDK. That's how you're going to spec your car, essentially. So there's not going to be another load of allocations for a touring. There's a load of GT3s and you just spec. Yeah, because it's Correct. called the touring specifications. Not Correct. The touring. So yeah. it's only a sort of, you know, almost a, a pack or an option for That's that it. car. Yeah, yeah very ex- I'm still excited to have a go in one. I'm still intrigued by the latest generation GT3. Uh, I didn't see that touring and go, yes, 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 yes. But I did go, oh, I would have. I mean, if if Porsche Guildford called me up and said, we've got a slot, I, I, I'd probably take it. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> like, it's free motoring. Well, I, I like to order a GT3, 100%, but I'm not like banging down their doors like, I need that car. Yeah. And I think if I got a slot, it would be a touring specification. Yeah. And Magnitude Finance would have a nosebleed. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, now full disclosure, we record these episodes on a Monday so that the patrons can get it early before the rest of you. Sorry about that. But if you want to listen to these episodes earlier than everyone else, sign up, patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Um, but today, as in Thursday, Ferrari, I believe, are unveiling the V6, the the theoretically new Dino. Oh, that's the hybrid car. The hybrid, so the mm. McLaren Arturo rival, the hybrid V6 Ferrari. Now, I got a bit confused last week. I said that I thought maybe this is actually just the replacement for the F8, because we know that, you know, that engine's gone. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe this is it. There's going to be no more V8 from Ferrari, and they're just going to have a V6 hybrid. That could still be the case, but I think everyone is assuming that this is going to sit somewhere just below the F8 alongside a sort of Roma and a Portofino with this V6 hybrid. No, I think Ferrari will still do a V8 mid-engine car, probably slightly lower capacity engine with a hybrid system. As well? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so do you see this V6 car sitting above or below that V8 car? Below. Okay, because the Artura... As we know, confusingly, not to make comparisons with McLaren, because um, but you've got the GT, then the Artura, then the Super Series 720, whatever it might yeah. be. So that's the interesting thing. I agree. I would assume a V6 hybrid would sit below an F8 Tributo or whatever yeah. replaces that. But we just don't know. Um, but th- it may be that by the time we're listening to this episode, all that information has been released. We'll talk about it next week if that's the case. Oh, we can, but, yeah. You know, exciting and I mean, it's going to be expensive, isn't it? So I don't know why. I'm <laughs> Be two hundred no. grand, wouldn't it? It'd be, yeah. Ro- be Roman yeah. money. It'll be Roman money. That's yeah. what I think, and that's where it's going to sit. Anyway, I think that's kind of everything I wanted to catch up with you on. I did go to Silverstone, by the way, for a very nice event with Pirelli. Oh, how'd you get on? I did well. 
couple of SF90s cruising around. Very attractive propositions. They were cruising around an electric in the paddock and then thrashing it out on track. Kind of cool. Kind of still want to have a go in one of those. But I went for a passenger ride in a Pagani Huayra BC. Oh. Now, I'll be totally honest here. When I walked in, everyone was going, oh my God, there's a Pagani here. And I was like... Yeah, yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a YouTuber. I uh, film many Paganis. <laughs> that's exactly the feeling I get when I just see one knocking about, just like, okay, whatever. Beautiful things. For sure. I mean, I, I still, it's uh, so stunning to look at. Yeah. But I have been spoiled and, and never really, I mean, I've ridden passenger in a Zonda, but never driven one. But I've, I have driven and ridden in many Huayras. I've had a lot of Huayra experiences. So I was just like, cool. Like, I know what that's all about. However, a few months ago, I think I slagged off a Huayra, maybe on this podcast, and said that it was something that I thought was overrated. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mauro Callo, who does a lot of driving for loads of different people, and is very good at it, said, have you ever driven one on track? And I went, no. And he goes, well, you need to, because that's where it really comes into its okay. own. So on the day, there weren't driving opportunities in the Huayra BC, but Pagani UK were giving rides in it, because obviously they use Pirelli tyres, they're a partner, etc. So I thought, screw it. I, I might as well sign myself. And I kind of got it been like, I oh, know. My God, it was, it was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> About two, I did say to the driver, who I will let remain unnamed, uh, I was like, you know, I said on camera and to his face, I don't, I'm not that impressed by these. I'm not that fast. Oh, no. At which point that. he was like, tuk, tuk, like turning everything imagine. up to 10. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the thing that I always said was, it was a bit of a blunt instrument on the road. A little bit of a shed build. <laughs> like, the gearbox is so... If you think an Aventador gearbox is bad, oh my God, the Huayra gearbox on the road just was... I nearly cracked my skull open from the backlash Single from the clutch. gearbox. Single clutch. Really? But like, the worst ever. Oh, right. It's like, like, so aggressive. Like a sledgehammer to the back of your head. Um, and it was just a brutal and banging and clanking and it just felt like a sledgehammer being hurled along the road. On track, that all came together to just be this kind of ballistic missile. Really? Oh my God. I don't, you're never going to be quick. It's not qu- quick like that. It isn't a straight line, but it's it's just kind of like a, ah! Like yeah, it's yeah. one of those experiences which was so unique and impressive and brutal. But by the second lap, I felt sick. Amazing. And not many road, a lot of race cars make me feel sick, but not many road cars do. And I really was like, okay, fair, fair play. Because up until that point, I'd slightly written those cars off. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like that one nearly got written off. You nearly did. <laughs> uh, amazingly, though, I didn't write off the F-Type because I took it out for a few laps. You did, Jag yeah. let me. Jag said you can go and have a couple of laps. And I did all right, mate. Yeah, well, you're Overtook com- some cars. You're competent and you know you have to know what you do. But I always lack confidence. That's the problem oh, with me on a no. track day. And I was very confident because I know that car so well. Yeah. And it was a very laid back. The nice thing about that track day is there was... Not that many people there, so I had a lot of, you know, a lot of visibility and yeah. I could focus on my own life. Why was your runoff at Silverstone? <laughs> well, I didn't need the runoff, man. No. <laughs> You're sure, right? Probably going, weren't going fast enough. <laughs> but I am doing, I've got a couple of track days now booked in with the Abarth because that project's nearly done, so I think I will need some runoffs for that. Car Don't go to Silverstone. <laughs> no, I won't go to Silverstone. I'm going to Blyton Park with Alexander's Prestige and I'm going to uh, Castle Coombe That'd be good. in September, which I think Castle will be really Coombe good for that, for that one. Car, yeah. Um, so yeah, got a few track days lined up in that thing. I, I kind of can't wait, but I am worried I'm going to roll it. Uh, anyway, let's move on to today's main topic because once again, credit to Autocar, our favourite um, resource for uh, stories or narratives on this podcast. Thank you, Autocar. Uh, they came out with an article uh, very recently, uh, actually yesterday, the most underrated cars ever made. 
And I do think we've touched on this in various shapes and forms, you know, over the years on this podcast. We've definitely talked about most overrated, somewhat controversially, but from Tony's side. Um, <laughs> and yours. And mine too. But not too much underrated. And I will use the autocar uh, slideshow. They've, they've picked over 40 cars, so let's not go through all of them. But there are no. some very interesting ones here. But when I text you saying, I'll see if you can think of some as well, you were like, oh my, I've got 10 already. Yeah. So you are gagging to, to talk about your underrated cars. Yeah. Would you prefer to go first or would you prefer to go last? Or would you prefer to interject in between the autocar list? So what should we do? Five each? Yeah, five each. That sounds five good, doesn't it? Five each enough. And we'll interject. Shall we? Should we do one each and see what autocar is saying as well? Yeah, I, I, I think right? I'm going to use the autocar list because I've been too busy to think of my own off my own back. Right. Uh, so you go first whilst I pick one from the autocar oh, selection. I've got one here. I mean, this go is, on. I'm going to start right at the top. The 911 Speedster. Underrated? Yes. Actually, you know what? You're right. Of course I'm right. Because <laughs> it's not always a given, Tony. It's not always a given. So full of himself. Um but no, because when I drove that car, I said everyone's selling them and and that gives the impression that they're not liked or they're not well respected or whatever. And they should be, because they're amazing. So why do you say that? It is a proper, proper, proper my mate's got one. Mm-hmm. Two of my mates got one now, actually. Right, um, show off. <laughs> but but it is a proper proper bit of kit. You've driven one, spent some time. <laughs> we recorded one of one of these podcasts at your house, and you pulled up in one. Yeah, remember? that was so what good, the right? Hell? And yeah. you, you got out and went, "Oh my god, this is unbelievable! <laughs> it's the best thing ever! I love it so much!" And I always ask him the same question: "Would you have one?" And if he says yes, I know it's good. Yeah, yeah, and I, I said to you, heartbeat. "Would you have one?" Yeah, and you said, "Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no problem." I, I think still to this day. Because what are they value-wise? No, they're quite a lot. And they can, no, 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 they've come back up. So a heritage car sure. is mm, 285, 290. Wow. A non-heritage car, 250, 260. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I would have one in a, heart, a heartbeat. Uh, out of that generation, over GT3 Touring, GT3 RS, all that lot, I'd have a speed to in a second. Just, and I, would, I said it before, I would remove the roof. Just roof delete. It doesn't get, it just doesn't, what made me think of it was, it just doesn't get a lot of love, that car. Doesn't, like, people yeah. just, like, poo-hoo it. But I it agree. is a proper, proper bit of kit, that is. Yeah. No, you're totally right. I, th- I think you've, that's a solid shout. Now, I'm going to come with one that maybe is not such a solid shout, but it's on Autocar, and I'm going to tweak the Autocar reference. They said the Fiat 124 Spider, And Fair I'm going to flip that and say the Abarth. Now, this is essentially a repackaged MX-5. And everyone ruined it when it came out and have continued to ruin it. Mm. But I really, really liked it. I did Vlogari in it for three and a half weeks, all around Italy, into Switzerland and like that. Well, he jumped in the back of one about seven of us. Oh, my God, yes. In the was. boat and everything, it was. <laughs> have we told that story before? That was, I mean, if that ever I ended mean, up anywhere. people just get coming out the restaurants and saying, kiss a lift. That was, <laughs> o- it could only happen in Italy. We were at the, one of my favourite events ever, which is Best of Italy, which I think doesn't actually happen anymore in the same way. They're doing lots of other events, but I'm not sure it happens in the same way, maybe because of COVID. And we were at the top of this, like, old historic town in Italy. And beautiful I had the dinner. Abarth, beautiful dinner yeah, and yeah. drink, and all that. And me and Vicky were getting the car to drive down the hill. And people just kept coming out saying, I'll kind of jump in. And we had four people sitting on the on the roof bit. We had like someone sitting on Vicky's lap or maybe Vicky was sitting on someone's people lap. In the boot. People in the boot. I mean, it was, and everyone in Italy was like, hey, hey, hey. And I, now they've put it here, Autocar, so I can say this without having to claim it as my own quote. 
they've put Whisper This. The Abarth 124 Spider is one of the best MX-5s ever made. <laughs> but I would agree. Like, it's a really... G- you have to have it manual. Do mm. not have the auto. Correct. It's really fun little car. The Abarth one, for sure, because um, we've obviously we've had the, the Mazda and, and the Abarth in as well. And uh, the, the Abarth one, we've had like three in stock before. And they absolutely don't make them anymore. They, they sound act- great. Yeah. And they look, people, they catch people's eyes. People are like, oh, what's that? That's what's cool. That? Yeah, yeah. Um, can you tune them? You must be able to tune them. Of course you, you can, can tune, tune MX-5s, tune right? You can tune anything. Of course you can. <laughs> no, if you, you can. Want. You can. But yeah, so that I'm so with you, Autocar. Great underrated car. Tony, you're up next. Hot hatch. Ooh. Ooh. The Renault Megane Trophy R. The little manual one. The the but the latest one, the seventy the late, grand one. No, 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 no. The the one that everyone can afford, the okay. twenty five thirty grand one. I think it's th- I think it's nearly forty. Lit new, yeah, but it's a used car. Okay, so McGann, two year old one, they're probably twenty five grand. Okay. No yeah. one talks about that car as well. Again, that is to drive with the Honda Civic Type R. That's another one. Yep. They are, they go so, bearing in mind Hot Hatch is one of my biggest markets, they go so under the radar, them two cars. And they are two of the best out of all the Hot Hatches to drive. I'm so with you because I I borrowed uh, this generation RS for Goodwood a few years ago. They just lent me a beautiful one in in its classic yellowy, orangey colour. We just blatted from the hotel to Goodwood Mm -hmm. back and forth each day. And I was like... God, this car's good. Yeah. Like, this is so good. Yeah. And I feel like with the RS3s, A45s, M140s, Golf, Golf Rs and things like that, it's stolen the halo or the attention away from, yes, proper manual driver's hot hatches. Correct. Yeah. So the Megane, I'm so with you. The Civic, I agree. The Hyundai i30N, which did get quite a lot of praise when it came out, but similar ilk. I did think of that car, but that did have some praise, that car. The, the other two have really gone under yeah. the radar, but they're all... They're, and I think to drive them two are better than the Hyundai, by the way. Okay, um, interesting. They are proper, proper bits yeah. of kit. Hot yeah, hatches. Renault's RS products recently have, have sort of fallen under the radar, have yeah. sort of lost out a little bit. Yeah. Okay, bringing it back to uh, a brand that I love, <laughs> Jaguar. Which one? The XE. Oh, because oh. you know what? Such a good car to drive. Oh, I'd agree, and I tell you why I'd agree. I hate agreeing with you as yeah. well. <laughs> Is that that and the XF as well? Flipping hell! For twenty grand or twenty-five mm-hmm. grand, it's all the car you can ever want. And actually, my next one. Is a it's not a Jag, but it's very very similar is in it, terms of what it does. Is it does it does the name of the brand start A then R? No. Oh, uh, but that is in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's stay on the Jag. But yeah, 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 actually, I think it looks stunning. Yeah, it's something a little bit different to your standard three series or C class, whatever it might be. Um, it's got characteristical persona. The the later sort of versions, the you know, not the newest one, but, yeah. but as close to. Was it the V6S? I think it was the V6S. Stunning spec with the right wheels, things like that. Super nice interior. And it just, it just feels great on the road. Not hugely powerful. Mm. Obviously, they went on to make the Project 8. Love it. <laughs> um, but the standard road cars, brilliant cars. And, and I think that's probably why Jag chose the XC to use, because it's such a brilliant base car yeah. for the Project 8. So, yeah, yeah overlooked often, but 
but brilliant. Yeah, and I think my next pick, although it's of a similar ilk, is what everyone buys. And I think, to be honest, as an all-round car, it just does it a little bit better than the Jag. Okay. And that's the 3 Series BMW. Yeah, mate, that's, I'm not having that. That's not underrated. Are you joking? Who talks about that car? How's that underrated? But who it's t- everywhere. What, it's every- it- people are buying it left, right and centre. They don't need to talk about it because they've got one on the drive. Yeah, I guess. It's not underrated, mate. No? No. Oh, I can't let one up. <laughs> All right, what about a 5 Series? <laughs> no, it's still not. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the one that I hit, thought you were going to bring up. The Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio. Oh, one drove past me on the road the other day. Red one, cruising. Well, we must be on the motorway. And I just went... Why have I never bought one of those? I know. It's just so good. I love them cars. It's just such a cool car to cruise around in. And they're so... Why don't we own them? Well, I mean, I've owned loads of them. As in well, the, the, the bu- business has. The business has sold two this month. As oh, in, yeah. we, we love them. We always sell them and people love them, mate. Like, I just think that, again, I I think it's better than an M3. Yep. Um, the only thing that pees me off, and we had a... Uh, 20, 20 cars, so it's a 70 plates. It's not even a year old. Looks 10 years old inside. Yeah, interior tech is shocking. Terrible. And th- yeah. this is the latest car with the all the entertainment. They sort that out. But it's- maybe that's why people overlook it. Yeah. Because if you look across to Mercedes, to BMW, to Audi, the entertainment, the, the stuff you get, the kit you get to live with, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Leaving the Julia Quadrifoglio to losers like us who go, but to drive, and so it sounds amazing, it looks great, and it's an alpha. But actually, maybe that's why we've never bought one, because to live with... Drives better than all of them. Drives better than all of them, but actually, 100%. in that sector, do you not also want a car that's fantastic to live with and to mm-hmm. use on a daily basis? At which point that car lets itself down? Yeah. It's so nice. I remember we used to, again, uh, no, Mila Mila. When I did that Mila Mila trip in it, none of us slept. We had like two hours sleep each night because I was editing and filming. And it was just the coolest car. And we chased an 812 super fast. Oh. oh my God, that was just one of them. And I was like, still, I never bought it. Yeah. Random. Now, Autocarve included a Ferrari 612 Scalietti here, which I'm a bit like, I don't think that's underrated. I think, okay, value-wise, you could say it, because it's one of the cheapest V12 Ferraris you can buy these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. Sometimes it gets a bit overlooked, but I think it's got a sort of cult following and it's yeah, a Ferrari yeah. and I'm yeah, a bit like... Yeah. It's not for me, thank you. Is it not for you? No You've never chance. really been into that one? No. Not, the only uh, the only big V12 Ferrari that I've ever really thought, actually, I really would like one, is the 812. Really? Yeah, I never really got that We have that spoken in the, about this before. You're yeah. not a big fan of the V12 Ferrari. No, and I never... Although I liked the F12, I would never go and buy one. I would actually buy an 812. I think mm. they're mega. GTS or uh, standard coupe? Oh, I do like the GTS, to be honest. I really do. As clearly everyone else does, because they're always on the road. <laughs> uh, the, prob- the biggest problem I have is that they're fucking 150 grand more than a coupe. I mean, Extortionate. Extortionate, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'll discount the 612, but I would say underrated Ferrari, 575. Mm, uh, yeah because yeah. I think most people just go oh, I'll have the 550 what was yeah, the difference yeah. is not enough of a step yeah, up yeah, 550 enough. is more classic you can have the manual blah yeah, blah blah because yeah. a manual 575 a lot of money and hard to find mm-hmm. so I think the 575 gets lo- overlooked for that yeah. but actually I think it's a mega car it's pretty raw it's pretty aggressive it did have some substantial upgrades especially with the interior and I mean Schumacher was there at that time yeah so yeah yeah 575 sure. would be my, my sure underrated Ferrari in, uh, Something. Yeah. <laughs> Handing it over to a few customers or something like that. Uh, go on, crack on. Next up. Right, you might like this one. Please. F-Type. Ooh. SVR. Yes. 
Ah, yeah, yes, uh, yes. Because yes, everyone yes. talks about the GTS and the Range Rover Sport SVR and overlook that is a bloody good car. That I mean, I that know type SVR, <laughs> especially a, the new one with all that new kit in it. It's a Flipping brilliant out. car. Brilliant. Car. Well, they haven't done the. La- what do you mean? The sort of. What, what do you mean by the new ones? No, as in the facelift car. The, the yeah, there's not an SVR facelift though. But there was a. L- it's coming. Got to be coming though. So they've said no. Liars. But I would agree. But mm. but but they're sort of at the sort of almost the riggedy end of what they could do with that engine. Um, but just to go back, the last SVR, so we're talking like 2019, 2020 yeah, yeah. plates, with the latest infotainment, which yep. isn't the newest, but it's uh, epic car. Yeah. A- and I'm still, so to update people on my F-type thoughts and hunt, uh, spending time now with the facelift convertible R that's downstairs. Oh no, wait a minute, I've got that wrong. Not F-type, F-pace. Oh! The SUV. Sorry, because I'm thinking Range Rover and... McCann. Yeah. Oh. The F-Pace SVR. Well, just to finish off my sentence and then we'll come back to that. Um, I am of the ilk where I think I would probably lean either towards one of the last old shape SVRs or if I can find a way, Project 7. Yeah, fair As enough. brilliant as that car is downstairs and much as I'm loving it, still to this point, I just, I think my heart is with the older shape. Fair enough. But it's not going to be as good. I need to go and drive the older shape again because I'm worried if I get in the old car, I'm going to go, oh, this feels a bit sloppy. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it probably will, mate. Um, Anyway, so yeah, F F Pace SVR. Sorry, I always get them confused. No, but very good point. That is a massively underrated car. Yeah. A brilliant car. And as you say, the latest version, unbelievable car and good value. Yeah, yeah. Very good value. Very dynamically quick. Sounds brilliant. Um, And yeah. I'm keen on that. I think that's a good shout. One one batted past me in Scotland and I thought, oh, really? hell, that, yeah. what, that's a great car. That Sounds is. loud. And that's before you text me, you know what I mean? And I, it was in my head and I thought, flipping, I love a good car, that. As in, I know, should bring that up on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how. Lo and behold. Now, a lot of these other references on the auto car list, I'm struggling with because they're kind of old. What about, the, oh no. So like, they're things that unfortunately were a little bit before my time and I don't really know. Well, in some of them that before mine. The Porsche 914. I'm oh. like, I mean, okay, fine. How far have they gone back? They've gone really far back, mate. There's something here. There's actually... quite a lot of people in that office really haven't got a lot to do, is it? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, good on them for putting well this done, together. Yeah. What's this car here? A Volvo 164 launched in 1968. Under, yep. Underrated, apparently. Well, how old's the bloke that wrote that article? <laughs> I honestly don't know. Like some of these are <laughs> Ford Escort RS two thousand Mark V and Mark Six. It's a bit rogue, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Austin Maxi underrated apparently. Well, now yeah, <laughs> but who'd want one? So let's go back to your list. Go on, give me one more. I'm gonna. Well, think. you sort of stumped me with the with the three series, really. <sighs> let's put our brains together. Here. Let's put our brains together. Yeah, let's think. Let's think of a good one together. Going through the uh, through yeah, the, through the mu- oh, I've got one. I've got one. Go I've got it. one. I've got one. Audi RS seven. Oh yes, well said. Yeah. Well, but why? Well, because everyone buys the RS six. True that. <laughs> but all the RS cars. I, that was another one I did think of. It. All the RS cars. They always get loads of hype. But that RS seven. No one really ever talks about it. But it's flipping brilliant. All right. I'd agree. I'd have the. RS6 mm-hmm. but it doesn't 
The RS6 doesn't look as good as an RS7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. it's basically the same. And we always say that the RS6 is one of the best all-round cars you can buy. So that must mean the RS7 looks much better, in my opinion. So that's got to be one of the best all-round cars as well. I agree, but it just literally gets overlooked and just no one talks about no it. No one talks about no it. No one talks about it. Yeah, no, you're right. It totally is. And I know Audi, Audi UK feel the same way about that. Yeah. Like, it's brilliant. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's sleeker. And he's sportier, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Bit. Yeah, no, very cool. Good. That's a good shout. That's a very good shout. Um, one just popped into my head, which is now completely gone. Hold on a sec. Going to get back to it. Oh, Alpine A110. Oh, I thought of that car. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't say underrated, because if you Google it, everyone goes, oh, it's amazing. But still not many people are buying them. It's a bit like the, it's a little bit like the Julia, that car, where yeah. people love them, but no one buys them. Mm, yeah. They'll buy the Cayman or the M3 or, you know, they'll buy the German, which I agree with them, to be fair. Not with the Julia. We've said why the Julia, we wouldn't buy them because the entertainment system, and I agree. But to drive that Julia, flipping hell. But the Alpine feels very bespoke inside. It feels sort of well-made. It's mm. great to drive. It's fun. It's different. It's unique. It's quirky. All of these things. Yeah. And people say that on reviews, but then people just don't. No one buys them. No one yeah. goes and buys them. I don't blame them. To, sorry, Reno. Alpine, don't say Reno. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you get sued. But yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, but, but, you know, you just have a Cayman. If you're spending your own money, you would have mm. a Cayman. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, well, let, let us know. What are your thoughts on underrated cars? Maybe they're cars that you own or just cars over the year you think don't get enough love. I'd be super interested to hear what people think. Maybe we'll look at those comments and chat about a few more Your next X3's week. Your X3 is underrated, by the way. My X3. I've got a video I've got to do. Is I've, had a, I've had that car for a year now. Have you? So I've got to do my 12-month review on it. And it's so overlooked on yeah, underrated. Is, yeah. You just see lots of them, but it's just brilliant, Yeah, it's very good, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I won't say too much more because then I won't have a YouTube video. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, next week, exciting episode. So hopefully we'll have a chance to talk about that new Ferrari. Tony and I did have the chance to see and find out more information about the new Lotus. Oh, Now, we can't... Affi- don't. <laughs> I don't trust you at all. The amount of paperwork Tony had to sign in order to learn more about this car. And I still don't trust him. Um, I don't think we can talk about it until... The first week of July, actually. Can we go and see I've got to reference that. Well, I have now seen it in the flesh. Oh. You've only seen the pictures. Oh. Yeah. Let's not say any more because I'm getting okay. nervous. <laughs> I'm starting to sweat. I'm like, we're going to break some kind of confidentiality. I don't know what. Anyway, so yeah, more on that to come soon. Uh, and we've got a few other bits and bobs that we're going to be chatting about and revealing. Um, but yes, as I... Oh, wait. Did we talk about the live events? Well, only the fact... No, not really. Oh, no. I'm going to have to insert this. Okay, so you would have heard this already because this would have been inserted at the front of the episode because I'm a useless <laughs> fool. So we'll wrap up now and then we're going to record the advert you heard at the front of this episode, which is an advert for our own events. So yes, Tony, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.